As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every hundred days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, and Staten, from the Battery to the top of Manhattan, Murgatroyd. Um, that was a lot. I did it. You did do it. We've been trying to figure out the lyrics of that and putting all the boroughs in their correct places. And uh, pretty sure you just used Google. We no, I did not. I woke up this morning uh, and I was like, "What is it?" Because I was doing Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, Staten Island, and it wasn't working. And I was like, <laughs> "Why is it not rhyming?" And I went, "Oh, they left Island off of Staten to rhyme with Manhattan." And I went, "Oh, but that's not why we're here, is it?" I don't think so. I mean, for for your rapping debut. Mm. Well, why are we here? 
So we are here to have a podcast called Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's first and foremost. Okay. And would we're, you like we're to losing, know? We're losing listeners by the second. Continue. Yes. Would you want to know what we're talking about today? Uh, I would love that. Yeah, that'd be great. We can get on with it, please. Okay. Thank you. Um, we are going to talk kind of in the realm of manifesting and inner guidance, but we've been listening to a couple of Abraham Hicks recordings lately. And we've pulled some nuggets out of them that we are going to share. And, you know, I wanted to chat today about some of these takeaways that we are gaining from these audios that we listen to. And by the way, the audio, like go to, what is it called? YouTube and just type in Abraham Hicks. Yes, and gra- yes there's, Grandma. <laughs> there's a million, All you have to do is just put the in front of the word YouTube the and YouTube. you've officially aged yourself. Go to the YouTube and just type in Abraham Hicks and there's a gazillion audios. So we just randomly pick one. But the one that hit me the other day, I think is really interesting because when I hear you, like last night we were at a barbecue and they were like, how did you end up in Italy? And when I hear your version of the story, first, it's incorrect, but your version of the story (laughs) relates, I did that for you, relates to what I'm going to, what my takeaway out of Abraham Hicks thing is. And it's that you're not always consciously aware of what your plan is. Sometimes your unconscious is cooking the plan. So when I hear your version of the story, it's we didn't have a plan to move here. We weren't thinking about it. We were going to California and all of that. And I'm sitting here going, okay, but we were in an attorney's office trying to figure out how to get a visa and we went and toured a school. So like whether that the things we were actually doing maybe unconsciously and booking and and literally going to like no one tours a school of a city they're not eventually planning on moving to. No one makes an appointment with an attorney to sit down and talk about visa options of a country they're not planning on moving to. But yet somehow your version of the story is, I had zero plans of living here. You don't know that. People do things all the time. What are you talking about? Uh, people do all kinds of things. Think, How do you know what everybody means all the time about everything? You no, know, that's my that's my point. So, but when I heard um, Abraham say that you don't, you're not always consciously aware of what your plan is, it really struck a chord with me because unconsciously, now in hindsight, I can look back at my entire life and see that I was planning to eventually live in Italy. I can go back to specific points in my life and unearth them and say, I was planning on doing this, but it wasn't an active conscious plan. It was a a boiling and bubbling and simmering idea since I was 16, right? It's always been in the back of my head, but it wasn't a conscious thing I was acting on until basically April of this year. Okay, let me say this back to you so I understand if if I'm tracking what you're talking about. So are you saying that there is an unconscious impulse that people have that they are being pulled to and whether they are aware of it or not, if they're doing things like showing up in an attorney's office or touring a school, there's a pretty good chance that unconsciously they're being guided and driven. And then there's a moment between where that unconscious bubbles up to the conscious Mm -hmm. and they go, 
oh, I've been getting all these impulses. I've been doing all these things. I've been packing my bags for a trip. <laughs> I'm probably taking one, right? Right. Is that yes, what you're saying? I am. That and also, so let's say you have competing things in your life. So you're trying to build a business. Let's say you're trying to build a business, but what you really want to be doing in your soul is writing a book. Mm-hmm. You're trying to build a business, but your soul wants to write the book. Okay. Okay. Great example because a lot of people have that. So a lot of people have this unconscious, maybe it's slightly conscious, maybe it's in the, back in the head, back in the, the, the brain somewhere that they want to write a book, mm-hmm. but they're not acting on it. What they're doing is they're building a business. Okay. And so they're trying to manifest the building of this business. And, and maybe you're getting blocks, maybe you're getting success, maybe you're getting blocks, maybe the business isn't happening, but maybe that what is actually manifesting is the writing of the book. So follow me here for a second, just play, play mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're getting a bunch of blocks to building the business, Okay. but those blocks are giving you time and even nudges to write the book. Okay. And so you end up writing the book but, and you're like, well, I always wanted to, and I, and I, my business was failing, so I just wrote the book. But what you were unconsciously actually manifesting all that time was writing the book. And the universe knew that your, if your business was successful, you wouldn't have the time, energy, or bandwidth to write the book. Do you see what I'm saying? I do, but is, is there some level of competing, is, is there some level of conflict in the, in the, duality of both of those things happening in the same space simultaneously. Yes. And so here, this is where it happens. Are you ready? Once per Abraham, when you have this unconscious plan and you're unconsciously manifesting, right? Mm -hmm. Once you get into alignment with your inner being, with your unconscious mind, that's when that bubbles up. So for Mm. me, Italy bubbled up to the to the tipping point when I became in full alignment consistently. So when you become in alignment consistently, right? With your inner being, which has your unconscious mind there, that unconscious thought, that unconscious desire, that thing that's been nudging from the unconscious becomes clear and bubbles up. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's what I think. Like, so if you want to see what your unconscious is manifesting, I think you have to get into massive alignment consistently and then listen to what is what is really bubbling up in you. Because when you get into the whole thing, here's what people throw around the word alignment. Alignment is literally being in alignment. It's being one with your soul with your inner being with your guide like whatever that is for you like it's truly being in that alignment so the thing that is within you is going to come out of you but when you're not in alignment you're allowing the shoulds and the pressures and and the beliefs and all the other things to impact your world and so once you and I got in massive alignment with our inner being and what what we really wanted our unconscious we, four months later, were in Italy. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so basically what you're saying is that you perhaps can be going down the road of something that just makes sense. That's logical that these are the next steps that they're doing. And you're, because of whatever the reason is chatter in your head, um, distractions, busyness with life, you're not meditating, you're not journaling, you're not really in touch with what's your inner being in any way. And you're going this way, but you, but you're also going this way. So you got this like Mm -hmm. unconscious thing that's driving you, but you got this conscious thing that you're doing. And you're probably hitting resistance with the the conscious thing, right? Have you ever, you know, when you have a conversation with someone and they're like, they're seeking advice. And after you talk through whatever their problem is, you say, you know what the answer is. Because that's the unconscious. So what you're really telling them to do is get in alignment with yourself and listen. Get in alignment and listen. Because sometimes the thing inside that is screaming, that unconscious thing that keeps nudging, is the path you're supposed to take. It's the path of literal least resistance. I got it. I got it. Does that make sense? Like Because once you and I got in alignment and we said, I think we need to move to Italy... How quickly did every door open? Yes. And to to put a finer point on this, it's not that we got in alignment with each other. We got in alignment with our inner being, which then we got in alignment with each other because our inner beings were both saying the same thing. Yes. Okay. So so that's my takeaway from Abraham. It's really good. What you got? I got a couple of them. So the first one is is what is, put that in quotes in your mind, Mm -hmm. what is is just a bouncing off point. What is, is just a bouncing off point. So a lot of you listening right now, uh, because I get the DMs, you you guys slide into my DMs. And I I love at 55, I still have people sliding into my DMs. I mean, this is is amazing. (laughs) But when I get these messages from people, the Mm -hmm. messages are, yeah, but you don't understand my current situation. You don't understand where I am right now. You don't understand what's going on. And when she said this, I thought it was so powerful. What is, is the bouncing off point for where you're going next. So if you look now and you go like, yeah, but I am right now in this situation that I hate, good. Because what is, is going to be where you're going to bounce off. But in your mind, you think what is, is always going to be, or Mm -hmm. what is, is going to get worse, or what is, is always being like this. But if you change that, oh, this is another one. This falls into this. This one falls into the super woo-woo shit. So she said, uh, they were talking about the speed of manifestation. And I'd never heard her talk about it this way. She said, um, when you can hold a thought for 16 seconds, that's a feel good thought where you're just like, let's say, let, let's say that person that we're talking about um, doesn't like their current situation and they have another situation that they want, but they're spending so much time feeling so unhappy with their current situation. If they can hold a thought for 16 seconds, it's equivalent, uh, if they can hold a positive thought, a feel good thought where they're truly not just pushing it and forcing it, but they're really feeling it. And it could be something really simple, like a time that they were on the beach and they just, they had a romantic connection or the time that they were running a marathon and they were so proud of what they did. But it was like a a feeling that they have that's just a good feeling. If you can hold that feeling for 16 seconds, it's as powerful as 2000 work hours in trying to accomplish something. Now, if you can hold it for an additional 16 seconds, 
it 10Xs because one thought ties onto another thought and it becomes exponential. And if you could do it a third time for another 16 seconds, it, it's 10 more times and it's almost infinite. So if you think about it, it's exactly what we did, what you're describing. We started to go, I, instead of talking about how unhappy we were, we started seeing ourselves walking down the cobblestone streets in Italy. And I started seeing you know, new attire that I wanted to wear. And I started feeling good about it. Well, that feeling good tied into another 16 seconds of feeling good. And the manifestation was exponential. And what started to show up is crazy shit. Like last night we were in Tuscany um, in the hills having uh, a barbecue with our lawyer who got us to Italy. So like if somebody would have said to us when we started thinking about this, oh, by the way, you're going to get a lawyer. You guys are going to be friends. And by the end of this year, you're going to be having barbecues in Tuscany with him. Like I would have said, you're fucking crazy. There's right. no way that that's going to happen. So I thought that was really okay. interesting. So when you first said that to me with the 16 seconds and that and that amplifies it 10X, and I was like, okay, I, I, I need a way to understand this. So I thought about the reverse of that. So if you have a negative thought or a negative experience and then you amplify how that's amplified, think about when you get out of bed in the morning and you know something something triggers you to go into negative momentum, right? So you get a, a, an email or a text or a news report or something that drops your vibe, right? Drops that vibration. And then you stub your toe. And then you spill coffee on your shirt and you get a change and now you're late for work. And then when you're driving to work, you hit every red light. Those, that's literally that same concept working in reverse. Mm -hmm. It's like getting worse and worse and worse and worse at, at exponential speed because you're staying in that negative thought for too long. So if it were, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If it works that way, Mm -hmm. then you can flip that and exponentially manifest the other way what, because it's going to work both ways. And so, you know, the fastest way to get out of the negative spiral is to, is to go into, let's say, gratitude or thinking something, the best feeling next thought you can actually get and hold. And then the reverse is true. When things are going good, the fastest way to to stop the train is to ask yourself how, right? Okay, so we're going to move to Italy. How is that even possible? Because now doubt seeks in, the wobble is there, and then it stops the manifestation. So go. that's where the going general on either way, right? So if you're in the negative spiral of stubbing your toe and being late for work and all those things, go really general on a positive thought and if you're in the positive momentum, be really mindful of getting too specific too quickly because that'll stop your momentum. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, I'm starting to become acutely aware of that that little scenario that you just described of like spilling the coffee on mm -hmm. yourself and that whole domino effect that happens. And, you know, when I'm definitely not being positive and I'm in the, the negative thing and I walk outside and the dog shits and I don't have a bag and I go, of course, 
Of course. I like, I completely did this to myself. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense that I am sitting out here in the middle of the street without a bag in front of a cop. And the cop is looking at me like, are you going to clean the dog shit up? Because I was not being positive. I mean, I know that sounds crazy to somebody listening. Like, what are you talking about? But you know what I'm talking about. When you're having a bad day and everything goes wrong. And then by the end of it, you're like, and then the cop pulled me over. You know, like it happens. All right. So that's what. Okay, wait, can I I give one now? Mm -hmm. I get a good one. Just came in my head. Are you ready? Yep. When you do manifest something, when you think about something, like let's say you're at an event and you want to be called to be the speaker or, oh my God, I'll give a good one. When Sophia was a little baby, oh God, she was two years old, little munchkin, cutest little thing in the whole world. We went to New York and we went to this thing called the bubble show and we were sitting in the audience and they asked for a little kid. They had multiple ways that kids could participate in the show, but they wanted a little kid volunteer. And she was real little. I mean, I think they wanted a four-year-old and she was like two, but she was adamant about being chosen. She had like two hands in the air, giant smile. I knew in my gut, I knew, I knew, I knew this kid was going on the stage and that I couldn't stop it. And I was terrified because she was like barely two, you know, she was like nonverbal. <laughs> she wasn't really talking. So it was like, okay, I knew and knew and knew and knew and knew. And what happened? She got plucked out of the entire audience to get pulled on stage. So when you when something like that happens and you knew it was going to happen, talk about it. Say it. Say, I just manifested that because the more you can take ownership of the things you knew were going to happen... The more you take ownership of that manifesting, the more you're going to get comfortable and understand it and be able to identify it when it does happen. If you don't take ownership and you're like, God, I was just so lucky. Oh, we're just so lucky. I hate that fucking word, by the way. But if you're like, if you, if everything is luck to you, luck of the draw, good or bad, I was just not lucky. If you take ownership of the negative shit, Literally, like Rob goes downstairs without the poop bag. He's in trouble and all the things. He took ownership of the fact that he manifested that negative. Take ownership of the positive and the negative and the universe will keep giving it to you and you'll keep identifying it. So you will get out of the negative quicker because you take responsibility and know that you can change it and you get into the positive faster because again, you can take responsibility for shifting. Yeah. If you buy into this and you believe that your thoughts are things and that you can create your own destiny, then you have to understand, then you have to acknowledge the fact when you are not behaving in the way that is consistent with this. So for example, I am now becoming acutely aware of when I have a wobble. So in other words, whatever the next manifestation is that I want, the moment that I, and I do it every day, every day, there is like, I am, listen, God is not done with me yet. I am working on this every day. Um, The more I want something, very often the more wobble I have around it. I.e., when I mean wobble, I mean my lack of belief that I can do it. So, Doubt creeps in. Doubt creeps in. It just does. That doubt is what I'm referring to as wobble or what Esther is referring to as wobble. So um, be acutely aware of where the wobble is. And if you have to say it again, 
think it again, interrupt the pattern, say, nope, start over. Whatever you have to do to do it again so that you don't have that wobble, keep playing with it. Because once you don't have the wobble, then you're putting the right juju out into the world and you're going to bring in what it is that you want. All right. So the last one we're going to leave you today with is, um, I heard this one and I thought it was great. Some woman uh, got up on stage with Esther and they were, uh, she was talking about... And by the way, when we say Esther or Abraham, we're literally, it's just, they're one in the They're same. interchangeable, right? We're it, talking about Esther being channeling Abraham. Uh, okay, go, this go, just got... Go, Google that. Um, yeah, good luck. Google that. And, and actually, my experience is that when I talk, uh, most people who are probably listening to this podcast have absolutely no issue with it. And they probably knew about Abraham for 20 years. Yeah. We're new to this world. Yeah. Um, okay, so a woman, you know, she gets up on stage and she starts starts talking about, you know, her childhood. A side note, my my friend Darren read me a, read me something from a book once, and it said that there should be a statute of limitations on childhood trauma. And I love that. Quote. All right. Well, we're not getting into that one right now. So no, go ahead. No, 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 no. But 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 it is it is relevant because you can sit there all day long and talk about how what happened to you. Uh, in your childhood was horrible to you, or you can look at it from a different perspective. And here's the here's the perspective. And I listen. I had a really bad childhood, so this really this really stuck with me. And it was as a kid. Do you? She, this was her answer to the woman. As a kid, do you think that your current reality, meaning the reality of when she was a kid, was missing just enough things to cause you to daydream and? Um, and increase the manifestations that you now have in your life. And so basically the woman was saying, you know, my, my childhood was really, really bad. And I just found myself daydreaming. And every day I was just dreaming of a new life of what I wanted to do. And, and it, you know, it really, it really happened. And I really have some amazing things. And so her question really was around daydreaming. Is daydreaming a good thing to do? And she said, well, if in your life, you were missing just enough things to cause you to daydream. And then that daydream brought all these things in that that was intentional. That was there for a reason because daydreams are extremely powerful. So when, when Kim and I were, you know, thinking about, you know, La Dolce Vita moving to Italy, there's a lot of daydreaming. We were like, oh, oh what's it going to be like? You know, long lunches in Tuscany and new friends and all that, all those daydreams or what we talked about at the opening of the show, which is thinking of something positive for 16 seconds, right? And then the next daydream, if you do it, it's another 16 seconds. So if you're finding yourself in a place where, you know, you're just feeling like, God, I don't, I don't like where I am right now. Consider daydreaming. Consider dreaming about where you could be. And that's another little hack to get you into the right vibe. Right. So when you get lost in those daydreams, right? Like, let's say you're wanting to move. You don't like where you're living living, and you have an idea of somewhere else that would be amazing for you. If you're dreaming about that and having conversations around where are you going to go for coffee, what's life going to be like versus conversations of how you're going to get there and the logistics and how you're going to fund it and how you're going to find a new job or whatever, you're going to do better staying in the lane of the daydream because every time you talk about the how, if there's resistance there on the how, it's going to shut down the the acceleration of the manifestation. So sit in the daydream until you're nudged for the how. 
because the how will come up. The how will happen. The how will show and appear. You have to be open to it when it shows up. You have to be, your eyes need to be peeled open. You know, Rob is a really good example of this. We were in Atlanta for a really long time. He was trying to get to California and he wasn't open to other options for a long time because he had a plan in his head of how this was going to happen and he wasn't willing to hear anything else. But once he was willing to deviate from that plan and became open and started daydreaming about California, then the plan unfolded in front of him and he couldn't have stopped it if he wanted to because it was in such momentum, he could not have stopped the train. I am a really good example of doing all the wrong things. I do every... I- all, all the wrong until, until you until do it I, right. Until I do it right. So right. I am, I definitely but isn't that am. life? That is, that is life. That's life. Okay. You definitely don't want to hear us saying that's it, everybody. Have a great week and we will see you next weekend. Goodbye. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.